Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Okay. Okay, a few ha'aras. Before we start talking directly about Parshas B'Shalach, I want to mention something um, cloliastic about about the Parshias and the time of year that we're that we're holding in. There's a chizuk here that's very very important. Each year, the Parshias of Yitzias Mitzrayim come about in Shvat. Chamisha Asr B'Shvat. When is Chamisha Asr B'Shvat? Monday. Chamisha Asr B'Shvat comes out sometime after Klal Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim. Rosh Chodesh Shvat always comes out around the time that Klal Yisrael is in the process of coming out of Mitzrayim. We know that the Machleg is based Hillel and based Shammai. If the Rosh Hashanah Ilana says Rosh Chodesh Shvat or Chamisha Asr B'Shvat and in, the, in that two-week window between Rosh Chodesh Shvat and Chamisha Asr B'Shvat is um, is the sipur is the story of going out of Mitzrayim. Okay, now we tell, and this is something that comes up a lot, even just in our talking and, and learning. We tell the story of coming out of Mitzrayim in laning in the parsha in Shvat, but we commemorate and we do the mitzvahs that were given to us. To remember going out of Mitzrayim, like eating matzah and marah and making a Pesach Seder, we do that in Nisan. And they, because they came out of Mitzrayim in Nisan. Now, the truth is that we're used to Rashi's Mahalach that each one of the Makkahs took a month, a week of the Makkah, and then three weeks of Hasra. But there is a Tanchuma that holds that the, uh, that the Makkahs started in Shvat, and that they were consecutive until Nisan. So then it would kind of make sense that in Shvat we start the conversation and in Nisan when they came out we actually commemorate it. But there's something deeper here and I think it's very important to notice. We eat matzah and marar to remember these weeks' parashiyas. We have Shri Yishol Pesach for Kriyas Yamsuf. The whole parashas B'Shalach is Shri Yishol Pesach. We do that b'chaydesh ha'aviv. What's chaydesh ha'aviv? The month of the spring, when the leaves come back on the trees, when the payrays start thinking about uh, growing over the summer, right? That, that's when we, that's when we, um, we experience Pesach. That's when it says, chayev adam lirai that we actually experience coming out of Mitzrayim. Learning the parshias of Mitzrayim, that's not cool that we experience it, but sitting by the Pesach Seder, that's when we experience Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In Shvat, we learn about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Now, Shvat has a relationship with Chaydesh Aviv because what bursts out in the surface... In the in the Nisa in the month of Nisan, when the, when the spring actually begins, started bubbling beneath the surface, and started restoring life to the trees and and so on beneath the surface in Shvat. That's why Shvat is the Rosh Hashanah for trees. Isn't that interesting? That the time of year 
that the very, very beginning under the surface of, of, of nurturing at the tree so that it should eventually be able to sprout and be a, eventually be able to bring out its leaves and its fruits started in Shvat. And that's actually when we start the process of learning about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And the time when the, it actually hits the surface in Shvat, you don't see, you've been out there? <laughs> You're not seeing uh, spring. It's all under the surface. It's all taking place under the ground. The beginnings of spring, nature um, starts to prepare itself for spring way before we notice it. And there could be two feet of snow on the ground. We're having snow again next week. There could be two feet of snow on the ground, but under the surface, the trees, you know, deep, deep under, under the roots of the trees, they're preparing themselves for the spring. We do that. We also are trees. And in Shvat, we sit and learn about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We're Maver Sedra. We listen to the Parsha. We discuss Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And then we let it cook for a while. And by the time Nisan comes, now we're ready to roll up our sleeves and act on it. And eat that matzah. And eat that mar. And lean. And tell the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And listen to the Manashtana. And all those things that are an expression of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So how they dover. The tree, David HaMelech in capital Aleph, describes the tree as a tree that's implanted on the banks of the water that will produce fruit in its time. In other words, you start with nourishing the tree and then you give it a little time. And then it comes out the surface. This, I think, is a good ha'ara. But it really is not just a good ha'ara. It really is an important, important insight into the way that we work as, as human beings. Because many times people decide that the time has come to work on different things in their life. I want to work on emuna. I want to work on not being angry. I want to work on simcha. I want to work on shalom. I want to work on hasmada. I want to work on 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 relationships. I, whatever the different areas that we feel like we need work, and we decide we want to work on it. And, and what happens very often? We spend a little time, a couple of days, and we're like, forget it. This is not going anywhere. This is not happening. I can't do this. I just decided to work on Simcha. I walked around depressed the whole day. Forget it. It's not how it works. We have to know that it takes a while until it hits the surface. And sometimes we could be trying. You know what the problem is? We're very quick to call ourselves hypocrites. You have to be careful. If you're trying to be something, you're not a hypocrite. It's when you're not trying to be something that you're a hypocrite. In other words, if I'm learning all about Simcha and I can't muster up joy, that doesn't make me a hypocrite. That means that it's cooking under the surface and it hasn't yet sprouted. And we have this issue that sometimes we give up. Sometimes it could take 20 years. Sometimes it could take 40 years before we actually are kind we acquire a midah. We actually have changed something. We actually have improved ourselves. We could do it better now. It takes time. And I think this is a good mushal of it, that we learn when the, when, it, when the work is going on under the trees. We act. It hits the surface that we can act on 
when it hits the surface of the trees, when the trees sprout. It's a very important muscle for us, and we should not give up. If we want to work on things, and then we forget, and then we have a disappointment, and then we fall, and then we get criticized, and then we criticize ourselves, you dust yourself off, and you keep at it. Don't underestimate the power of what's bubbling under the surface. That's Allah for tonight. Okay, Bayes. There are two psukim in this week's parsha as we're preparing for Kriyas Yamsuf that that seem like they should match better than they do. Let me explain what I mean. Perak Yudalit Pasak Tezayin. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe to split to split the sea. So, I'm, I'm one Pasuk after, Shish, after Shlishi. Hashem tells Moshe, Ve'ata harem esmatcha. Lift up your mata. Lift up your staff. Uneteyes yodcha alayam. And stretch your hand over the water, over the yam. Uv'ka'ehu and split it. Lift up your mata and stretch out your hand over the yam, over the water, and split it. That's in Parak Yudalad Pasak Tezayim. That's in the instruction. Okay, let's see the execution of that instruction. The execution of that instruction is Pasak Chavalaf. In Pasak Chavalaf it says only Vayet Moshe Es Moshe stretched his hand over the yam. It doesn't say that he lifted up the mata. The inst- it doesn't say, Vayorem Moshe es mateu. Moshe lifted up his hand. Vayet yodai. If, if I- Hashem gave him instructions. Lift up the mata and stretch out your hand. And then when it says what Moshe did, it says just, and Moshe stretched out his hand. Now the simple understanding is that if he stretched out his hand, obviously he lifted up the mata. That's the simple understanding. But that's not fully satisfying, because if that were true, then Hashem wouldn't have had to tell him to do that. So, there's a medrash that seems to have this question. The medrash is Chaf Aleph Tes. And the medrash says, gives a mashal, and the purpose of this mashal is to answer this question. Okay? And it's a very, very interesting. The medrash says as follows. Amar of Simon. Rav Simon said, was Simon a nickname for Shimon? Hellenized. Hellenized version of Shimon? Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Um... Omer of Simon, Simon. It's with the Samach, so you don't think of it, but. Omer of Simon, Moshe Lebal Hazmoira, Shahaya Mahalech Bachutz Vahazmoira Biyadai. There was a Bal Hazmoira. Now, what's a Bal Hazmoira? Zmoira is like a stick, like a, a vine, like a piece of a vine. What's a Bal Hazmoira? So the Medrash says, the Mepharshim explain, that what they used to do is like this. They would have a guy who represented the king or the, or the nobleman of the area. And like, like today, somebody comes to the door and says, um, 
I represent the government. So what do you say? Show me your badge. Right? We don't just say, okay. We say, show me your badge. Right? So the Balaz Moira, that's his badge. That's what shows that he's coming empowered by the king. He carries his Moira. It's a symbol of the fact that he's empowered by the Malchus. Okay? Now the Balaz Moira is walking outside and he's carrying his Moira. His, his stick, whatever it is. His, his, his branch that he carries that shows his, uh, his connection to the throne. Amru, they started to say about him, If he didn't have this thing in his hand, nobody would honor him. You know why people honor him? Because he, because he has a badge. Without that, nobody would honor him. I hear, I hear the Taina. Shama HaMelech, the king heard that this is what they're saying about his servant. The Omar Loi and the, the Melech told the guy, Put down the stick. And go outside. And whoever doesn't greet you properly, I'll chop off his head. In other words, I want to show that they will honor you without carrying the stick. Okay, that's the mashal. What's the nimshal? Kach Amru HaMitzrim So said the Mitzrim The Mitzrim, the Egyptians said as follows Moshe Rabbeinu is doing all these miracles I'll tell you why Because he has a staff Because he has his mata That's the only reason that he uh, that he's doing the Nisim it was with it that he was, you know, that he afflicted the the Nile. Boy, hey, with it he brought all the makos. Kivan shabo Yisrael When Klal Yisrael came to the Yam, to the water, and Klal and the Mitzrayim were running behind them, were chasing after them. Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu Hashem said to Moshe, listen to this, Hashleich esmatcha. Throw away your stick. In other words, the Medrash is learning that harem esmatcha doesn't mean to lift it up and keep it in your hand. It means get rid of the stick and stretch out your hand. So later on, what does Moshe Rabbeinu do? He stretches out his hand. Because it's not about the stick, it's about his hand. Hell a thing, the Medrash learns it that way. It's incredible. It's certainly not the simple reading of the Pesukim, but that's what the Medrash says. Shaloi yoimru, so that people shouldn't say, Ilule hamata, without the staff, lehoye yocha lekroya es hayom. He would not have been able to split the sea. Shenemar hore mesmatcha. Tell her. It's worth it already just for that, no? Tell her the good shot in the Pesukim. What's going on here? I don't understand the marshal, and I don't understand the nimshal. I don't understand the marshal. The guy is a servant of the king. It's like, oh, it's just because of his badge. So the king says, fine, put down your badge, and if anyone does anything wrong, I'll kill him. Yeah, so it's still about the king. We're just, we're just making believe now. What's, what's that? I don't like the story. That's the marshal I don't understand. The nimshal I don't understand either. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing all the Makos. Moshe is not doing the Makos. Moshe is the Shliach. He's the messenger. 
Hashem is doing the makos. So everyone thinks, um, if without the mata, Moshe wouldn't be able to do it. So Hashem says, put down the mata, you'll still do it. Either way, Hashem was doing the, the makos. And they knew that Hashem was doing it. If you know the, the Rashi of Etzvah Lekimhi, the, the Mitzrayim knew it was Hashem. Makas Becheris couldn't be done. Anivalei Malach, Anivalei Ashaliach. Only Hashem could have done the Makas. So, what, what was, there's a Havamina that they would have thought that Moshe Rabbeinu has a trick, that he uses the stick, but now he used his hands, so now I, what did I learn now? He had a stick, now he used his hands. Like, why is that better? Okay, this... This Mordechai, do you remember ever talking about this? Does this ring a bell? A bunch of years ago, a bunch of years ago, it was very interesting. The Friday night seder that we have in the shul with the boys after after the suda started in my house many years ago, and it started with one person, not the kids. It became a kids thing. It didn't start with the kids. It came with Shragafival Zikfri coming to my house Friday night after the meal to learn chumash. And one of the first times that he came was Parshas Vashalach. And this was the first thing that we learned. I always have a chavivah. This, this was the beginning of that Seder. And I thought of a pshat. And I want to share with you what I think is going on here. I think the mushal does make sense. I think that when the king said, put down the badge, the king was saying the following. He was saying as follows. He was saying, this guy that I hired to represent me, He's not a robot. He's worthy of that honor. He carries it well. It's not just any random guy that I give my badge to can go and represent me. Put down the badge and tell them to honor you. That's my message. That It's not just that you're a hollow person and they're honoring me. There's something in you. You're special. I chose you to represent me because you're special. And I want my servants to realize that it's not just that when they respect you, they're respecting me, but that there's something to respect in you. So the, that's what the king meant, put down the bed, put down the stick, and let. And I now demand that they respect you without you displaying the show of it being connected to me. Not that it's not connected, but to show that, no, he inherently deserves the covet. It's hard sometimes, you know. I was talking to a a Rosh Hashiva a few weeks ago, and his son became a Rebbe, okay, in one of his institutions, okay. So he hired his son to be, to teach. So he asked me, I have a son in one of his, in that son's class. So he asked me, how's my son doing? I said, my son loves it, which was true. My son absolutely adores him. He said he's like the best Rebbe he ever had. Like incredible. So this Rosh Hashiva said right away, you see, I would have hired him if he wasn't my son. Which may or may not be true. but, (laughs) but, But I saw the struggle of, don't just respect him because he's my son. Respect him because he himself deserves respect. That's what the mushal is. Put down the stick and respect him. Respect him for who he is. So that's what's going on here. The, the, the Mitzrayim were criticizing Moshe. There's no Moshe. Moshe is a way that Hashem gets the matter there. It's about HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing the, the Moshe. Hashem says, no, 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 put the stick down. 
You, Moshe, are doing the Moifsim. I chose you, the Siyata Deshmaya, to be able to do this because of your Tzidkus. Of course it comes from Hashem. But Hashem is saying, it's not that anyone could pick up the Mata and do it. I need someone who's worthy to do it. And Moshe Rabbeinu is worthy, so put the Mata down and let Moshe himself do it to show that he's Roi Lekach. He himself is worthy. The Moshe Rabbeinu himself is worthy. And then the Mashal and the Nim shall match. And that's what Hashem was telling Moshe, put down the mata and do it, and do it. And that's the, the and if you look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, um, es matcha yodcha alayam Split it. In other words, even though we say by Mayrev, by Kayayom Lifnei Moshe, but in the Pasuk, Hashem tells Moshe, split the sea. Hashem splits the sea, not Moshe. <laughs> No, the point is to show, Moshe, you are a worthy shliach. You're Avdi Moshe. You're, the, you're a worthy person to, to fulfill this, uh, this tafke. That was the second, the second ha'ara for tonight. Okay, the third ha'ara for tonight is a short ha'ara that's really a a little bit of um, of an addition to something that we talked about in passing in Parsha Shemais. And I wanted to uh, I wanted to mention it. I even in Parsha Shemais I told myself that I was going to tell this to you in Parsha's Bishalach. Okay? Um, in the Parsha of the Mun, the end of Parsha's Bishalach is about the Mun. So in Parsha's Bishalach Hashem tells Moshe um, tells Klal Yisrael that the man is going to fall Lecha Mishnah on on Friday. It's going to be a double a double falling on Friday, right? We talked about it in Shul a few weeks ago that that's the Bir Alachas Kasha. The Bi'alacha says, why do we do Lecha Mishnah on Shabbos if the double Mun was on Friday? Shtarka Kasha. Very good Kasha. On, on Shabbos, the Mun didn't fall at all. So that's when we do two, two Chalas? That doesn't make sense. We should do the two Chalas on Friday. That's when the double Mun fell. The Bi'alacha is the Kasha. Well, that's when we have the benefit of what? Shabbos. Yeah, that's, the benefit that's, of that's the Pasha of That's when we benefit from it. But the truth is that they never had double on Shabbos because they used up Fridays on Friday. So it's kind of odd that we do double on Shabbos. That was never the way it played out in the Midbar. So it's a very, very interesting question, but I'm not getting into that right now. But the point is that Moshe Rabbeinu told them that every night, they, they, on the regular nights of the week, when they ate the man, they had to finish it that day. Whatever wasn't finished was destroyed. Was, uh, they, they, you, didn't, you didn't store it for the next day. And it was a very, very integral part of the idea of the man, because the purpose of the man was recognizing that we're completely dependent on Hashem. It, was, it came from lechem from Hashem. So if you were able to put it away, so now you're creating a bank account. No, 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 no. You're completely dependent on Hashem. You know, there were tzaddikim that used to live like this. Not for us, but there were tzaddikim that used to live like that. There were tzaddikim that they were uncomfortable if they had any. You know, you remember who? Okay then. It was It was known that they would they would not go to sleep if they had any if they had any money whatsoever. They woke up in the morning fresh on zero. We wouldn't be able to sleep, but they 
that's when that's that's how they went. They didn't feel comfortable. Like Hashem gave them money for the day, they would give it all out to poor people, whatever. It's all gone. There were tzaddikim in Yerushalayim that they wake up in the morning, and their entire sustenance they would go to davening, and then they would walk around the streets until they found a few coins, bought food for the day, and learned for the rest of the day. You know, it's a different kind of life, not for us, a different kind of life. But 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 the mon was that kind of life for all of us. In the midbar, that's how they lived. Every morning the mon fell. They ate it throughout the day. By the evening it was gone. And that's it. There's nothing for till tomorrow. So on Friday, it was different. On Leil Shabbos was the only night that they kept the month until the next day, right? So so, so, Hashem, so Moshe told, B'Shem Hashem, Moshe told Klal Yisrael, everything that's left over after you ate on Friday, after your Leil Shabbos Suda, Put it aside, you know, watched until the morning. What does Lemeshmeres mean? To guard, protected. Put it, make sure it's protected, put it away in a safe place. Until the, right, that's what you would tell someone. Put it in a safe place until the morning. Dr. Ashi, Lemeshmeres. Remember? Lagniza. Hide it. Hide it? Who are you hiding it from? Why is it to hide it? Gniza means hidden. What? What? Why should, why, should, why should we hide it? So, I want to share a ha'ara with you. I had this ha'ara um, 31 years ago. Like this. What was the mun made out of? The mun was a very, very, very. It was a spiritual food. What was it made out of? You know, there's a there's a machlokes tanoim about the mun, because the pasuk says in Tehillim, lechem abirim ochal ish. Abirim is aleph beis yud resh yud mem, right? Abirim means strong ones. Lechem abirim ochal ish. That Klal Yisrael ate this special bread, this lechem abirim. So, there's machlaikas tanoim what that means. Either it means the lechem of the strong ones, meaning lechem shamalache hashores oichlem, the bread that the malachim eat, or it means lechem shenivla be'evarim. It's the bread that was absorbed into the evarim. So, the Ramban, Parshish, I believe in Parshas B'Shalach. I think the Ramban is in Parshas B'Shalach, actually. The Ramban says, let me explain to you what the, uh, you want to know what the ingredient, what it said on the ingredients? You know what the ingredients of the man was? Do you remember we learned that when Hashem created the world, there was a special light that a person could see from one end of the world to the other? And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw, as, uh, as we remember from Chagiga a few days, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw, um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that people will not use that light properly the Pashtos Hashem hid it Omad Hashem hid it and it became known for all time as the Or Haganuz Zakti Ramban Hashem took that light and turned it into something physical and put it down and, and dropped it down as man. In other words, they weren't eating 
a certain kind of food. They were eating sustenance from Hashem. And it really makes sense. Have you ever heard that the man contained all the flavors in it? Right? The man, they, it says they were able to taste all the flavors. What's that? Some kind of cool trick? Hashem was like, hey, you know, I'm going to send down food. You'll be able to taste everything. No, the point is that the man is the etzem of Hashem sustaining someone. That's everything. That's all the flavors. That's that's every kind of nutrition. Because it's the like it's like the sum total of the shefa from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, of course they were able to taste all the flavors. So, so that, that's what the Ramban says. It's the Ur HaGonus that was Nizgashem. Now we have a klal that we discovered a few weeks ago, if you remember. <clears throat> that whenever the Ur HaGonus appeared in this world, the proper way to deal with it is to hide it. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid it, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals it to us, we hide it. So Memela, that's what it says. Take that when you, if the, the man is left over, you should do it lemishmeres. Zakdrashi, what do I mean lemishmeres? Lagniza. Should be hidden, just like the Ur Haganos. And that's what we said about the Moshe Rabbeinu the two times. That first of all, that when he was born, it says, What's the next word? And second of all, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from our Sinai and it's Koran Orponov. What does he do? Alponov Masveh. So that's the uh, that's just to wrap up that shtickel, to wrap that up, that idea that we see this like Hanhaga, this derecheretz. And the truth is that as much as this is esoteric and not so practical for us, because Shlomo, you're not going to go home and start hiding your araganas, you know, like it's not a practical. Okay, maybe yeah, that, that, but you know, uh, but but, um, but but the truth is, it is important because there's a hanhaga that we should know about. It's this, it really is important because you find that very often when Hashem does Nisim, Hashem does Nisim in a way that He covers it with nature. Let me talk about that. Alta von Kelm writes about this a lot. That like, um, it's a, is it getting too late? It's a, it's a Radak. The Radak says that um, when Elisha was Mechaya, Elisha brought back to life the child that had died. So... So it says that he lied down on the child and he put his face on his face and his arms on his arms and his legs on his legs and he lied down on the child and then he and he, the child came back to life. So the Radak says that the warmth of Elisha warmed the child and brought like body heat back into him and he came back to life. So the Alta von Kelm says, really, seriously, can I try that? Is that a way to bring something back to life? You know, you heat it up a little bit, give a little body heat? Come on. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bringing someone back to life. Like, what are you, trying, what are you doing? It says there's a, there's a Hanhaga from Shemayim of Legniza. That when it comes to miracles, Hashem tries to always dress it up in that the world is just going the way it goes, even if sometimes it's ridiculous. But the, it's a certain tznius, it's a certain modesty on the part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that I created the world and it runs a certain way. And even when I have to deviate from that, I'm going to try to stay within the flow of the way that I created the world. Um, and we have this also, that sometimes we're being tzaymach, sometimes we're waiting for a miracle to happen. Somebody is sick, or there's a problem, or there's a, you know, a crisis in a marriage, or there's a, or there's a, a challenge in chinuch. And, and we really just need Hashem to intervene. 
So a lot of times people think the right approach is just throw up your hands. What are you gonna, there's nothing to do. I need Hashem. No. We always try to do something that Hashem could send the miracle through. I heard that there's an experimental medication. What are the chances, the experimental medication? What are the chances? Just do it. Because then when we daven, we're giving a chalais, a way for it to be niskayim. You know, uh, there's some kind of a crisis. So we'll, go to, we'll, we'll go to a therapist or we'll, we'll, we'll speak to a professional. Seriously, you, you need an ace for this. Okay, that's true. Let's give the nace a, a place to hide. So let's go, try to get regular practical help, even if it feels like that regular practical help is not going to help without Hashem's input. It doesn't matter. There's a hanhaga in the Bria of Lagniza that we try to live our lives in a way where as much as we know everything is dependent on Hashem, but we allow, it's a tzniyas, that we allow things to go Lagniza and most, not, not all, but most G'dayla Yisrael through the Deiris acted in that way. That even when there were things that were the Shalaika Hateva, it was all hidden in Teva. There are a few notable exceptions, but B'derech Klal, that's the way it was, that it was, that it was Lagniza. And I, it's an interesting thing, Taka, that when you find this like Yitzia, B'derech Hateva, Lemishmeris, Lagniza. It's a, it's an approach to life, Yashagayach, Rabbi say. You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including myrmakimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.